Hi, I'm Janine Strawn, the Tiny House Guru and founder of Tiny House Solutions and the President of the Australian Tiny House Association. I'm here to talk to you about all things tiny and in this podcast I'll be discussing some topics that will get you thinking about whether tiny house living is for you as well as all sorts of tips regarding finding a site, working out a budget, designing your space, choosing your materials, building and moving your tiny, how you can earn an income from your tiny house and so much more. My passion for tiny houses stemmed from my passion for sustainability and the environment. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast you can relate. All of my advice is based on my personal and professional experience and I recommend you do your own due diligence. You can find out more about what I do or try Tiny House Living by checking out my website at www.tinyhousesolutions.com.au and if by listening to these podcasts you think I can assist you in achieving freedom, in living your dream and wanting information on our Tiny House models then consider booking a consult time with me to discuss your project. First, an introduction about me and my involvement in the Australian tiny house sector. So I champion tiny houses in the Australian market and I have a wealth of experience in designing, building, planning and material selection and I've applied these skills into my business, Tiny House Solutions. I've been interviewed on the ABC, spoken at events and published a paper on tiny houses. I'm also on the executive committee of the Australian Tiny House Association and I've co-hosted the first ever Tiny Talk series. And I also teach sustainable design at RMIT. Due in no small part to the housing affordability crisis and my belief that people are looking for alternative solutions to call home, I worked towards a solution. I was inspired to provide people with an easy and practical solution and therefore created a highly insulated, lightweight tiny house kit with a specially designed trailer for my structurally insulated panels, which are used in the housing market for their speed and ease to construct. When I designed and built my prototype tiny house in my own backyard, there was nothing like it on the Australian market, as most tiny house DIYs and builders use timber or steel frame construction that requires a lot of skills and are far heavier than my kit. I worked with Fred from Fred's Tiny House Trailers on a trailer design for my system and sought advice from a structural engineer on my connection system for the panels to the trailer. I proceeded to design the tiny house around the dimensions of the structurally insulated panels. I based my designs on the location of the windows and door, determining what would provide the best cross-flow ventilation. I then worked out the design for my kitchen and bathroom, loft and the electrical layout for the wall and ceiling fittings. I had never used any tools other than a hammer and a screwdriver before, and here I was about to embark on building a tiny house, thinking that I'd finish it in about two months whilst working full-time. What on earth was I thinking? Initially, it didn't dawn on me that I had actually committed to such a large building project. After all, it's a tiny house. I've always possessed an it'll-be-right attitude uh, and set out organising several working bees with friends and family to help me with the initial construction phase. I had a lot of support from my partner also, and luckily he had a lot of power tools, where I learned to use all of them and started feeling really, truly empowered. 
I had set a date for the launch of the tiny house for five months' time and I partnered with a charity where the money raised from the launch would go to a shelter for victims of domestic violence. I was committed. Apart from the electrical, plumbing and gas fittings, I constructed everything, including the furniture and the kitchen and the furnishings. There were times when I felt that I'd taken on too much, working every weekend and most evenings, and I wanted to just give up or slow down, but I had made a commitment and I had to see it through. After five months, I realised my dream of designing and building my tiny house prototype and celebrated by hosting a party for family and friends and we fitted 14 people cosily into the tiny house. But I really wanted to recognise them for all their support and ideas and collaboration for this project that really hadn't been done before. So we were learning on the way. It was really great fun. It was a huge uh, learning curve for me. It was also coupled with tons of skill development and personal growth. And when I finished, I was able to take stock of what I've created and I felt really accomplished and also proud. And I still do today as well. So now that you know my journey in building my tiny house, let's chat about whether or not a tiny house might be right for you. Know that there's not one niche group who aspire to dwell in tiny houses. People consider tiny house dwellings for a range of reasons. And Heather Shearer of Griffith University found in her research that tiny houses appeal strongly to a wide demographic, particularly to single persons or couple households, where economic and social factors are the major drivers. Economic factors included affordability, the desire to own a detached property without a high mortgage, and to reduce expenses and debt. Social factors included a strong desire for freedom and to live an environmentally sustainable lifestyle in a community. One of the largest sectors of our society seeking alternative housing options are older women who are moving into retirement where they want to live in a community but also want to have their own space and to be surrounded by people who speak to them and share the big things such as mowers or, and gardens or vegetable gardens and tools and off-grid services. But they're not alone. There are many more in our society who are considering alternative housing options and they include people looking for an alternative lifestyle and are environmentally conscious, people who cannot afford to get into the traditional homeowner market but are keen to get out of the rent trap, elderly people who want to stay close to their family or community, people with a disability who might require limited care, those that need temporary housing for disaster relief or staving off homelessness or escaping domestic violence, people keen to downsize but not seeking retirement living, people who live in a transient lifestyle, property owners seeking a supplementary income, homeowners keen to share their patch of land, older Australians escaping the rental market and want a place to call their own, or teenagers looking for some independence but not in a position to or keen to rent, and people who own land somewhere remotely and would like to have a little home base or escape from the, the big city life. Now that's the research, but anecdotally, I can tell you this is real. At Sustainable Living Expos I've exhibited at over the years, I've had a number of women reaching their retirement years without sufficient funds to purchase a property to call their own within an area close to public transport or close to a well-connected community. And they've asked me, what can you do for me with $150,000 or $100,000 as the entirety of the savings? 
So until a few years ago, I wasn't, I wasn't able to offer them any options other than exploring community housing options. But fortunately and lately, this has changed with the interest in and development of the tiny house sector. Of course, this doesn't include land, but land with limited services can be rented quite cheaply. And when I launched my tiny house, I had people from all different backgrounds come and check it out. Single mothers, older men, young couples, teenagers, older couples, property owners looking for a second income. So it is real. Now that I've set the scene, let's focus on exactly what you're looking to achieve in your life and how considering tiny house living may help you achieve that. Perhaps it's financial factors where either you cannot save enough money to buy land and build a house or you can't afford an existing house, which may be due to the casualisation of the workforce or underemployment or unemployment. Or perhaps you've decided to take a different path, not wanting to be straddled with a large mortgage. You might also be wanting to live in a range of interesting and beautiful places, but you don't want to start all over again each time and you still want to have a degree of security. Maybe you want to live in a shared community or live a more minimalistic lifestyle and reduce your environmental footprint. So no matter what the reason, a good way to start your journey is by being clear about what your goals are and whether you have a timeline to achieve this by. It can help to write down your goals for different stages of your life. Reflect on these over time and crystallise what you want to create for your life and what type of assistance you require along your journey. Identify any potential barriers and whether you can put, them in, put in place a strategy to overcome these. Perhaps try to create smaller goals midstream so you can see the progress and get buoyed by achieving these. I strongly suggest that you get out there and research as much as you can about tiny houses and tiny house living by speaking with people who are living in a tiny house and people who have built a tiny house. Watch tiny house journeys on YouTube. Join Facebook chat groups. Join the Australian Tiny House Association by getting onto the association website. Attend workshops, events and festivals to get valuable information and seek professional advice to assist you on the journey. Or of course, you can get in touch with me directly and I'm always happy to help. Another reason why people are drawn to tiny house living is because they're exhausted with the amount of stuff and clutter they have in their lives. Some think that going tiny can be a solution for this, but that will require a mindset change over a period of time. Others will have the sentimental possessions that they will not want to part with and they will need to consider how these are dealt with. Perhaps they can be integrated as furnishings or artwork. No matter what, most people will need to start the downsizing journey well before moving into a tiny house. If dwelling in a tiny house is intended to be temporary or short term, consider renting a storage facility as your solution. But if dwelling in a tiny house permanently is your dream, then by downsizing your possessions well before you move into your tiny house will make the transition so much easier. With all that being said, and now I'm putting my teacher hat on, I want to give you a little bit of homework. Consider developing a mind map and brain dump your goals and aspirations. Remember, research is key. Next time, we'll discuss the site selection. I look forward to offering you more tips and help achieve freedom with tiny house living. You can find out more about what I do by checking out our website at www.tinyhousesolutions.com.au where you'll also find a transcript of this podcast in the blog section.
If by listening to these podcasts you want to know more about our tiny house models or stay in a tiny house, then check out www.tinyhousesolutions.com.au and see how we could work together. If you're also interested in sustainable design, but on a larger scale, then you might also like to check out my other podcast, Tips from the Sustainable Design Expert. Have a wonderful day. Bye.